morning, church. I'm not a flowery, sugar-coating kind of person. I don't have adjectives, so you can fill in your own adjectives. Um, but this is my best friend for 33 years. He's my husband and lover for 30 years. He's the father of our two children. He's an honorary grandfather to our foster baby. Um, and going to be a grandpa, biological grandpa, to our baby that's going to be born in September. Um, he's an incredible son, a brother, a son-in-law, and a brother-in-law to a very loud in-law family, which has been a, a, a test for him for 33 years. Um, he's been he's an incredible friend, uh, amazing pastor, um, and all of these things are really possible because his heart's desire is to please his heavenly Father. And that is something, um, it's all because of that, because he wants to hear those words, good and faithful servant, that he loves Jesus, he loves the Father, he loves the Holy Spirit, and his heart's desire is to please his Father, not out of to earn his favor, but because he loves him. And, um, and that really just makes him, all those things before, it makes him an incredible man in every one of those areas. And it's just a privilege to be his helpmate. Although sometimes he thinks I'm too opinionated, but um, and too loud, but it has been an absolute joy um, and it's an absolute privilege to be alongside of him. Yeah. So I always say, I always have the last say in my house. Yes, dear. <laughs> yeah, so happy birthday to all the fathers this morning. Happy birthday. <laughs> happy Father's Day to all the, happy birthday to, happy Father's Day to all the, the fathers this morning. Um, I think it's three of the greatest days of my life was the first day when my son Josh was born. I can just remember that so clearly. Then the next when my daughter Demi was born. And even just two years ago we went, went to fetch our little foster baby Adassa. I can, it was one of the most amazing days of my life. And, and as Dar mentioned, we, our son and his wife are expecting in September, and so I'm looking forward to the fourth greatest day of, of, of our lives, is just being able to be a dad. I love being a dad. It's the most amazing thing, and I love being a grandpa. It's even better. But I should have started with the first greatest day, which was the day we got married. If I know, if I know what was good for me, <laughs> I should have started with the first day, but because it's Father's Day, I started with the Father's so I've got a, a way out. So, as I mentioned, at the end of the month, well, beginning of next month, 3rd of July, we've been married for, for 30 years. And so we've been doing a camper trip around the country, just part of you know, just celebrating that and, and thanking Jesus for an incredible, credible 30, well, actually, we've known each other for 33 years, but we've been married for 30 years. And so, man, marriage is the best. <laughs> Amen. Do we amen to that? Marriage is the best because it's God's way. It's God's design. It's got to be the best. <laughs> so I'm really glad we're actually on Father's Day because it's my firm conviction that as a church, that is the body of Christ, that we call, are called to raise sons and daughters for his kingdom. We're called to raise sons and daughters that will go and take the gospel to the ends of the earth. We call to raise sons and daughters who will know Christ and make him known. Amen. 
So as fathers and mothers, we know it's sometimes overwhelming. Who's felt overwhelmed at being a parent? They don't come with manuals. Any of your children come with manuals? No. They're all very different. And each season of their lives is different. So apart from being different children, each season is different. And so you've got to try and negotiate those seasons. So in the natural, raising sons and daughters is hard work. We would agree to that. Amen. Amen. Don't say anything. You'll be in trouble. (laughs) But it's incredibly rewarding. It's incredibly rewarding and with much blessing. I'm sure you can all attest to that. Just having a child, having a grandchild is incredible blessing. But raising spiritual sons and daughters is equally as difficult. It's actually probably even harder. And But there's an incredible privilege, an incredible blessing that comes with immeasurable, um, it's immeasurable in the kingdom, and not just for the kingdom, for eternity. It is absolutely priceless, the incredible blessing, the incredible privilege of being able to raise spiritual sons and daughters for the kingdom, but for eternity. And it brings great glory to the Father brings great glory to our Heavenly Father when we raise spiritual sons and daughters. In John 15 verse 8 it says, when you produce much fruit, now that much fruit is sons and daughters, that that much fruit is evidence of God's grace, that much, much fruit is changed lives, surrendered lives. It says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And it says, then it says, and that brings great glory to the Father. When we do what we've asked Him to do, it brings Him great glory. So raising natural sons and daughters comes naturally because God's designed us for that. But raising spiritual sons and daughters requires faith. It requires faith and patience. It requires a love, the love of the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and fellowship with his spirit. But it's what Jesus has called us to do. Go and make disciples. Go and raise sons and daughters. Believe in them. Love them. Even those who are difficult to love, right? Treat them like sons and daughters. Help them find healing. We sung this morning how God can break any stronghold. We're helping sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, find healing. Helping unlock their gospel potential. Each of you sitting here has got a gospel potential that needs to be unlocked. I said, I think I said it yesterday, the, the saddest place is a graveyard, not because of the death, because of all the prophetic words that have gone. Um, unfulfilled and then to release them to our neighbors here in Richards Bay to the nations and then to generations Abram, Isaac and Jacob so as mentioned yesterday our prayer I really felt this specifically for Outlook Church over this weekend it's from Hebrews 13 verse 21 it says may he equip you Outlook Church for all you need for doing his will. May he equip you, Jesus equip you for doing everything according to for his will. May he produce in you, Outlook Church, through the power of Jesus Christ. When we celebrated the breaking of bread, to the power of Jesus Christ, may he produce in you every good thing that is pleasing to him. That our lives will produce every good thing that is pleasing to him. And it says, all glory to him forever and ever. That's eternity. So we produce fruit that brings glory to his name that will go on forever and ever and ever and ever for eternity. So I had an incredible natural father, 
He loved my mother. He loved us incredibly. He gave us so much um, wonderful holidays, created opportunities. Our business, I started in his garage. I took over his garage. It was actually, looking back, it was, um, yeah. <laughs> I was spoiled because I took over his garage and started our business in his garage, and he slowly sort of moved out. But he was an amazing father in every way, but he didn't lead us spiritually. He didn't lead us in the things of God. It was my mom. My mom was the spiritual leader in our family. And so when God called us 25 years ago, um, Diane and I were like a ship without a rudder. We didn't quite know what was happening, what was going on. Um, nobody to disciple us, nobody, nobody to recognize the call of God in our lives. Um, we sort of like needed to be fathered into the purposes of God, but we didn't, didn't quite know where we were going. It's like a, a ship without a rudder is like floating. It just goes, whatever wind blows, it floats this way and that way. Then in the year 2000, um, Nick and Viv Campbell, a couple from Pretoria, moved down to Meisner to plant a New Testament church. And we felt God leading us to follow them. We needed someone to disciple us. We needed a mother and a father to father us into the, the things of God, into the call of God. And from that time, we set our course. It was like a setting your course, and to this day, we are still on that, that same course. 23 years later, we're on that same course, following Jesus, living our lives to fulfill his purposes. As best we know how. And living our dream. As I said yesterday, it's not always, it doesn't always feel like a dream, like a round-the-world trip on a yacht sometimes. You think you're going to sail into the sunset, but then there's storms and part of that dream. But we are really, I can say honestly, living our dream. This is what we really in God believe God gave us a dream to do exactly what we're doing. And so four weeks ago, we had the incredible privilege of being part of the Southern Gateway Church in Neisner, just a transition where they hand, Nick and Viv handed the church over to their son and son in, and daughter-in-law, Paul and Amy. And so Nick's been an incredible father, incredible father. He raised many spiritual, spiritual sons, and he was even able to raise his own son to transition the church. And we saw that from Paul sitting on the the back window of the, we met in a tennis club, and Paul, I think he was in standard four, three or four, sat there with his cricket, cricket bat, and we sat like this. And he couldn't wait for his dad to say, Amen. And when his dad said, Amen, he was off on a sports field, and he's off to, to play cricket. So, an incredible father, um, both a natural father and a spiritual father. The fruit of their lives bears testimony to that they're following Jesus. They've got four children. All their children serve Jesus. All four of their children are married to godly spouses. And all nine of their grandchildren are being brought up in, 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 in uh, godly homes, um, in Christian homes, to follow Jesus. John 4, 15 verse 5 says, Yes, I'm the vine, you are the branches. We saw that now with the ladies the ladies advert, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Say, much fruit. Much fruit. And then it says, when you produce much fruit, and you know that fruit has changed lives, evidence of God's grace, healthy sheep, healthy people. When you produce much fruit, he says, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to the Father. We bring great glory to the Father when we disciple. 
by raising sons and daughters. So how do we do that? How do we disciple by raising sons and daughters? And so this is not an age thing. So you are thinking like, oh, okay, that's not for me. It's for each one of us. Because Jesus told us to make disciples. I'm just using the sons and daughters as an example to show how. When Paul speaks of Timothy as my dear son, he speaks of brothers and sisters. I, I treat you like a father to you, like a mother to you. Um, it's for all of us. So don't dial out. This is all of us. Because this is how Jesus will be able to take the kingdom to the ends of the earth. It's through all of us. Through all of us making disciples and understanding this concept of what it means. So Brent has fathered me in many ways over the last nine. I haven't worked out how many years it is. I'm actually older than him. So it's not an age thing. In many areas, he's fathered me into the call of God, helping me into more of the call over our life. So fathering and mothering, I'm going to use that, is about discipling. And discipling is about fathering and mothering. It's God's way, and it works. Because it's the way of love. And Jesus set the example. He raised 12 sons, and they changed the world. Amen. So how do we become fathers and mothers who can raise godly godly sons and daughters who will go and change the world? Number one, walk the talk. Walk the talk. Hebrews 13 verse 7 says, Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good things that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. So our natural children learn by what they see and not what they hear. I always used to joke to my children and say to man, just do what I say, not what I do. Knowing that that's not going to happen. They're going to end up doing what they see. We can talk as much as we want, but they'll become like us. And the same is true of discipling and raising sons and daughters. They will do what they see modeled. They will see what others see around them. So the, the bit of muttering in the background, the bit of gossip, um, hiding behind masks, not keeping my word, little white lies, little hypocrisy, the lack of integrity, our children see right through that. They're very sharp. And those around us, those that are looking to us for example, they see it. We're not hiding from anyone. We're not fooling anyone. Hebrews 13 verse 7 says, think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of faith. It's an example that we follow. So good fruit flows from someone who walks the talk. It says a good tree produces good fruit. What we see is what we get. No masks. If you want to raise sons and daughters for the kingdom, we need to walk the talk. And we can be honest when we fall short. I think that's the important thing. We don't have to be perfect. Abram, Isaac, Jacob, David, Peter, were they perfect? No. But God used them mightily. We don't have to be perfect. We just have to be honest. Honest with our shortcomings to bring freedom. And Nick and Viv were like that. And you can ask Wayne and Tracy. They had many faults, but what did they do? They walked the talk. For 23 years, they just walked the same, walked the same talk. And what I learned from that, I came from a family where I was brought up like a pastor's kid. I had to be like trying to be perfect. And I actually only realized the other day when my chatted to my mom was also from my Oma. My mom was English and she married an Afrikaans. That's one Afrikaans gentleman, my dad. That's why my name is Van Eden. And 
My mom and said the other day that my Oma didn't want to, she wanted an Afrikaans daughter-in-law and Afrikaans grandchildren. And so my mom wanted to make us perfect so that she could show my Oma that we were fine. And so I was brought up very much like that, with expectation to be perfect all the time. Then being fathered by Nick for, for 12 years, um, it brought freedom because he taught me to be myself. I could actually walk my walk. I didn't have to be like anyone else. I could walk in absolute freedom. That was the greatest gift for me, that I can stand here today not living in the expectations of others, not trying to conform to others. I can actually just be myself. And that's a gift that a father does. A father allows, he's walking the talk, allows his children and those following him to be who they are. Hebrews 11 says, the men of faith, their weakness was turned to strength. Their weakness was turned to strength. They were just normal men and women like you and I, but it says their weakness was turned to strength because of their faith. Faith in the God who called them. Brent highlighted that song about believing. It's just believe. Believe that God loves you. Believe that he's called you. Believe that he's got a plan and purpose for your life. Be honest. Walk the talk. Be real and be yourself. The second one, raising sons and daughters, is being intentional in loving them. Being intentional. Loving your own children is easy. It's being intentional and loving those God's calling you to lead. Those that are around you. Galatians 5 verse 6 says, When we place our faith in Jesus Christ, there's no benefit of being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important. And so when the Bible says something's important, it's important. Not so. And so, what is important is faith. Okay, faith, believing, expressing itself in love. So our lives are faith expressing itself in love. Love for those around us, our sons and daughters. And real love is a sacrifice. It's, it costs. And anything of value, you know, it costs. So real love is a sacrifice. Like loving our spouse, spouses it is a choice. Loving our children seems to come naturally. But loving our spouses is actually a choice. And the same with with spiritual sons and daughters. It isn't a choice. It's a choice to love people. As I said earlier, even those who make it difficult to love them, it's a choice to, to love them. They need to know that they are genuinely loved. Unconditional love. Each of us needs to know that we are genuinely loved here in the church. It's not just doing something on Sundays. We come here because we are loved. We're genuinely loved by those around us. Unconditional love. Not expecting anything in return. And a bonus, the Bible says... Love covers over a multitude of sins. So when you make mistakes, they forgive you. Like your natural children. They see you, they see you mess up and make mistakes, and they they forgive you. They still love you because they're parents. And the same in the church, as we raise sons and daughters, as we're real and we're honest, when we make mistakes, love covers over a multitude of sins. The way of love is they forgive us. And we can live in freedom. And the incredible thing about love, too, is as you begin to love, the capacity to love grows. You think, how did that guys, how those guys do that? I remember I shared, I think, with Wayne and Tracy the other night, when, I, when God first called us, the principal of the school I was teaching, he was a, an incredible devout Christian too. And after, after work, after school, he'd go and visit people. And I think, like, Shit, how does he do that? Where does he get the capacity to do that? And then 20 years later, I see, man, I'm doing that. I'm visiting people and I love it. Because <laughs> you, you're loving people and you just see, as you love people, it unlocks their potential. It's God's way, the way of love. I'm going to speed up a bit. It is the sons and daughters, um, raising sons and daughters 
we need to believe in them. We need to believe in them and we need to validate them. John 3.17 says, And the voice from heaven, God speaking, God the Father speaking to his son, he said, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And Jesus hadn't done anything yet. He says, This is my son whom I love. In him I'm well pleased. So God gave Jesus that approval. He believed in him and he validated him. He declared his unconditional love over his son right there and then. So Shandon, one of our elders, he started working with us in the business about eight years ago. And he had had a few confidence knocks um, leading up to that. And one, one, one day his desk was across from mine. One day, it's like God gives you those like specific little snapshots where you remember. He, he leaned back in his chair and he looked at me and he said, thank you for believing in me. Man, in that moment, all the understanding of discipling, all the understanding of fathering, when Paul speaks of Timothy as a true son, and everything just made sense. We all need someone to believe in us. We all need someone to validate us. Thank you for believing in me. All this raising sons and daughters just suddenly makes, made sense. We need someone to believe in us, and we need someone to love us. I had amazing parents who gave me that. My parents gave me love. They gave me affirmation. And they gave me validation. But many sitting out here, many out there in the streets that you come into contact with, they don't have that. They don't have anyone to love them, and they don't have anyone to believe in them. And that's what Jesus is calling us. We to raise sons and daughters to know Christ and make him known, and then know that they loved. So Shandon runs our, our business now. And he's leading the church while we're away for, for the eight weeks. Um, and you just see, as I love him, as I raise him like a son, I just see God unlocking his potential and the capacity coming out of him. And like, a, like a, your own sons and daughters, you want to see them go past you and further than you. And it's a joy to see him doing better, doing more. And that's the, the way of love. Even just one of our elders' wives, a couple of years back, she came just to share that she's really struggling with something. And as she left, I put my arm around her in front of my wife and said, I can't remember if I said, I love you or we love you. I can't remember what it was. But she messaged me back that night and said, my father never once put his arm around me and told me he loved me. Man, I felt like weeping. A simple arm around a shoulder, man, we love you. That's what people need to hear. We need to know we loved. We can hear we loved, but we... God uses each of us to be his hands and his feet, to talk to her. Raising sons and daughters, we need to allow them to fail. As I said just now, we don't have to be perfect. We need to be allowed to make mistakes, allowed to fail. Jesus raised those 12 sons, and as we all know, they weren't perfect. He allowed them to fail, but what did they do? Once the Holy Spirit came upon them, they changed the world. We're sitting here today as a result of those 12 men who Jesus just loved, validated, trained, prepared. Sons and daughters need to be allowed to be themselves. They're not us. We're not raising people to be like us. We're raising people to walk in the call that God's got for them. God hasn't called them to be us. Sons and daughters need to know that we trust them. And this is something Brent taught me on a, one of our first South American trips. I was going away, leaving the business, and Shandon and, and 
and the other guys who are running the business, someone's like, man, do I go, how am I going to wait three weeks, Brent, man, I should just go for two weeks. Not three weeks, three weeks is just a bit long. And Brent said, no, it's good. It's good that you go because then they know that you trust them. And you leave it the business to them and you, you, they know that you, you trust them. And that's what they need to know. They validate them. Which brings me to the, the next point, is handing over responsibility. Sons and daughters need to have responsibility. In Acts 6, we see it happen. The church started to grow and stuff started to happen. What did they do? They appointed deacons and it said they handed over responsibility. We can only carry so much responsibility and we need to hand over. And when we were able to hand over the business to Shannon and Monique, it was like suddenly, okay, this is how it works. You hand over responsibility and suddenly it puts you in a new space. And sons and daughters, and like Jesus says, when they're faithful a little, entrust them with more. And so when we are faithful little, hand over responsibility. Sons and daughters need to carry responsibility. Next one, just to paraphrase 2 Timothy 4 verse 2. It says, encourage, correct, and rebuke. Are going to pray? We're almost done. Let's just pray while we... Pray. Let's just pray, Father. We just thank you for that dear daughter of yours, and just thank you that your spirit is upon her right now. Thank you. She's surrounded by those she, uh, who love her, and I just pray for your presence upon her, her life right now. Thank you that each of us are your sons and daughters, and that you love us, and your plans for us are so good. So. The next one is encourage, correct, and rebuke. So encourage, we all need encouragement. Correction and rebuke is always hard. But it says, with wisdom and gentleness, the NIV says, great patience and careful instruction. We love, we, like we love our children, we, 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 we discipline them for their futures. It's the same with sons and daughters in the kingdom. We are, we are correcting and rebuking, encouraging for the sake of their, their futures. And the final one is have fun. Who likes having fun? Oh, yes. Let's try that again. Who likes having fun? There we go. So raising sons and daughters, discipling, it's got to be fun. And my son, when I play tennis with him, play squash, play golf, surf, he always says to me, man, I just love doing stuff with you, Dad. My daughter, when I watch movies with her, I take her to a horse, when I take her on a, a, a dad's and daughter's date, she absolutely loves it. And my spiritual son, Shandon, when I do the same, he absolutely loves it. Loves spending time, loves the surfing, loves when I take his boys and we go and do stuff. Um, it begins to unlock something in them. It begins to unlock the godly potential. And it's the way of love. God's way. The way of love. So in closing, fathering and mothering is about discipling. Discipling is about fathering and mothering. And it's God's way and it works. We need to be intentional. As a church, let us begin to raise sons and daughters who will know Christ and make him known from Richards Bay to the ends of the earth. People that know they're loved, people that know that someone believes in them. They're validated. And in that, their potential will be unlocked. And those prophetic words that are over their lives, they'll begin to walk in those prophetic words. Amen.